You're listening to the WGU Alumni Podcast, a podcast all about noteworthy night owls. Join us each episode as we highlight WGU alumni and share ways to help you stay engaged. Here now is the WGU Alumni Podcast. Welcome to the WGU Alumni Podcast. We're thrilled that you're joining us today. I'm your host, Jeff, and I'm joined by co-host Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Jeff. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm doing really well today. It's a, it's actually sunny a little bit out here. It's still windy and cold, but it's at least sunny, so I'm welcoming that. Absolutely. Things are looking up when the sun is shining for sure. And Sarah, I'm excited about today's episode. We say this a lot, and uh, we mean it every time that we say it, but we've got another excellent graduate who will be joining us today, uh, Marcus Hutchison, and I'm excited to kind of get into his story a little bit. Yeah, and the great thing about what you just said is we say it every time, but we do mean it every time. Uh, You know, we obviously have so many alumni stories that we want to share with you. You know, we're we're very close to hitting 220,000 alumni now, and I would love it if we could have all those uh, alumni join us and tell their stories. We'd have 220,000 great stories to tell. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, one of the things uh, as we go into the month of February that we're excited to celebrate uh, here at W with the rest of the world is Black History Month. This is really important uh, to those of us at WGU as we're really focused on advancing equity, particularly for underserved populations. You know, Jeff, you're absolutely on point with that. It's very important to the university as a whole. It's part of our mission, and it's especially important to our team. Yeah, that is correct. Um, You know, one of the things I wanted to share with this audience, because some might be aware of it, but others might not be, and that is that 65% of our graduates at WGU come from underserved populations. So that could be one or more of the following categories. That would be ethnic minority, low-income, rural, or first-generation college graduates. And so this is, again, really important for us to focus on advancing equity. WGU is a huge believer in this. And uh, in terms of ethnic diversity, 26% of our graduates, or slightly more than one in four, We're ethnically diverse. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, this fits right into our cultural belief uh, where WGU prides itself on creating an environment inclusive for diverse individuals and perspectives. And that's that is important, whether that's employees at the university, but also true of our graduates and those that we serve. And, And Marcus is a great story. Uh, that fits uh, right into that audience. Marcus does have a great story. As you know, as we said in the beginning, all these stories are great, but Marcus really does have a great story. He has overcome a lot in his past. He found us early on. Um, he's gone on to refer a ton of folks to WGU. He's having great career success, and obviously we love to see that. And But I do have one small bone to pick with Marcus, and we're going to have to give him a call back. Um, what is this Roll Tide business, Jeff? <laughs> I thought you'd love that, uh, Sarah, especially if you're from the South, so that means something to you, right? Yeah, of course, Jeff, because being from Arkansas, I'm always going to be a Razorback fan, and to hear anybody say Roll Tide, I have to give them a little bit of good-natured ribbing. Yeah, for sure, and uh, Marcus is a good sport, and you know what? I mean, they, they did just win the national championship, and uh, you know he's a big football fan, and so I, I guess we'll let it stand. But I tell you what, Sarah, I, I think we could definitely arrange this. We, we had a lot to talk about with Marcus as you will soon hear. And, um, you know, he referred his, his mom to the university and we talked about even getting her on on a future podcast. So so maybe we'll just have to do that. Maybe uh, down down the line, we'll, we'll get an episode with, with Marcus and his mom. We can have you on there and you guys can 
you know, talk SEC football or something. I think that sounds great. It sounds like a great Mother's Day episode. Yeah, I love it. All right, look for that. So, Sarah, without further ado, what do you say we get started? Let's hear it. Marcus Hutchison has had quite the journey, and he's gotten to where he's at thanks to his perseverance and passion. The Harlem native, who was raised in foster care, graduated high school early back in 1999. But earning a college degree? It took him a few times before he found a model that would work for him. Marcus earned not one, but two degrees from WGU. In 2005, Marcus earned his bachelor's in information technology, and then a year later, he earned an MBA in IT management. And prior to his WGU degrees, he spent four years in the United States Navy. Currently, he is the chief technology officer at Intelligent Waves, a defense and national security IT consulting firm in Washington, D.C. A proactive thought leader and technology innovator in the federal government sector, Marcus responds to the nation's complex security needs as a consultant for the Department of Defense and the intelligence community. A WGU believer from the beginning, Marcus has referred more than 10 individuals to the university, including two family members, his mother, who earned two degrees, a bachelor's in human resources and an MBA, and a brother who earned his MBA in information technology management. It's great to have you on the podcast today, Marcus. Definitely. I'm definitely excited and thankful that I get this chance to to talk with you about how awesome uh, WGU is and has been for my career. Well, I tell you, we appreciate those kind words, but this is us wanting to shine a light on on you and how awesome you are. So I'm excited to kind of catch up to hear about your successes. We've been talking for, uh, gosh, it's been a couple of months trying to get this scheduled, and I'm glad that we're finally doing this because you've got a great story. Again, from that bio that I read, a, a great background. You've overcome a lot, and you're doing some impressive things. So real quickly at the um, onset, Marcus, will you share a little bit more about your background and your upbringing? Oh, yeah. Um, my mother had me you know, when she was young, um, and um, things happened that you know, put me into foster care in New York that you know, I was able to kind of move beyond that and finally got a chance to you know, get back with her and living in, in Alabama. And, and that's one of the biggest things that I have for me is to try to you know, make sure I'm, I'm doing more for the kids that, that kind of went through that, right? There was a lot of things, of course, my mother, you know, raising three boys on a, a 14K salary in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So a lot of things went into that, you know, but a lot of folks have their stories like that. But what I definitely you know, hope the folks are hearing my, my tone and my voice on here is you can get through anything. Yeah, no, I, I love that, Marcus. And I, and I want to pause for just a moment because you mentioned Tuscaloosa and a couple of weekends ago we were talking about this. But if you need to give a roll tide here, I would accept that. That's fine, man. Ah, you understand. Yes, got to get that roll tide roll. You know? uh, <laughs> we are the best. Congratulations. <laughs> no, that's, that's very cool. Now, you're a sports guy, right? You have a background in, in playing football and stuff? Yes, I played. Um, so and growing up, and I, I love sports. I mean, so that was one of my way of just not always thinking about you know, the negative. So playing basketball, football, running track, being on a swim team, playing baseball, whatever it was, right? And also, um, and I was very good in, in, in of course, track, football, and, and basketball. 
I probably would have, you know, gone somewhere and, and played more, you know, after the high school instead of going into the, the military. But I had a little accident with a bus that, you know, stopped me from being able to play, play sports anymore. So gotcha. I went to the military and, and served, which I'm glad I did. <laughs> gotcha. Well, t- tell us a little bit about that. You, you served in the U.S. Navy, correct? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I went into the, the Navy in, in 1999. I went into it as an RM, which is called a radio man, and that had uh, combined into become what we call a, a information systems technician, IT, and I was able to stay in the military. I, I, I moved really quickly the way that the Navy worked. If you were smart, they, they found a way to, <laughs> to you know, advance you. So I got to finish you know, first in my class, and within two years, I was E5, and it was a, it was a great, great time in the Navy. Oh, that that's really cool. So, looking at that, what what skills and insights do you think you gained from your service in the military? Discipline. Starting off in boot camp, I was uh, I got I was master at arms, so I got to lead the the division that we was in. And I was what, seventeen when I went into the military, so that quickly got me, you know, the leadership skills and and you know, even when things didn't necessarily make sense. A lot of times in the military, you do things and you're like, "Wow, the heck are we doing this?" But there's a reason. And then you follow through, you commit. So that's the biggest thing. One thing in the Navy, honor, courage, and commitment is what we say. And in the military, that having that commitment to follow through on things has stuck with me to this day, right? So I love it. That's fantastic to hear. You've, you've gained those skills that have made you successful um, post-military service. And I want to ask you about that. Tell us a little bit about your organization, Intelligent Waves. Oh, yeah. So I work for and run a, a government IT company called Intelligent Waves. Um, we started the, the company, which was uh, the founder of it, was Jared Shepard, started in, in, in Iraq in 2006. I came on in 2007. Our focus is, is truly making an impact the mission that we're supporting. And that, from an IT standpoint, is making sure we can allow for information sharing. There's a big movement you know, now, you hear more about it, which is a true joint or domain, uh, multi-domain operations, which is that collaboration of information. And our, our company you know, is one of the, the leads in is allowing for the defense and the national security agencies to provide that information. Again, go back to the information sharing, that data analytics, the data science, that uh, dissemination of impact knowledge. So I, I, I love it. I love our company. Gotcha. Well, that's great work that you're doing. And I'm curious, what's one of the things that business ownership has taught you? Well, that is sometimes it's not as easy as it it sounds in the beginning, right? So, no, but the biggest thing is that you work for your team, your staff, right? And one of the things as, you know, growing up, you know, when you in something like we call foster care, you kind of start being more about, you know, trying to make sure that you make it out and, and you are good. When you're, you get into, you know, any type of leadership role, really it's about your team, your, your staff, your employees, your teammates, right? And, and getting the folks around you that can also continue to mentor you in that development of your your company um, or of your staff is awesome. So that's some of the things that I've been learning um, around that. It's not always you know you being the smartest person in the room. It's you know truly about being a great leader. Well, and what would you say are the key traits that a leader needs to bring to an organization for it to be successful? A vision, 
right? And in that, right, you know, with your the vision that you you put out, you got to have the ability to influence and get folks on board with that. You know, you got to give people the, the ability to have autonomy and be able to master their area. And, and that's kind of the thing, the way that we, our culture inside of, you know, IW is, I want to be able to tell my staff that we want to have an impact on the world. And from there, you know, you go down the chain, they start figuring out how, how to actually do that, right? And that's how we go about things in, inside of IW. And, and I'm, I'm learning more and more every day on some of the hard decisions that have to be made. And especially during government IT, you have to you know the shift you know, of, of different focuses from the government. We have to be very agile in supporting them. I, I would imagine so. How have you been successful at doing that? Talent, right? <laughs> so we, we make sure that one of the things is we have a, a great amount of talent, and then we also um, it's all about growth. And that that you know, folks look at you know growth as just in grading revenue and profit, but it's for us it's, it's also that human capital growth. We have programs inside of uh, IW, which is our admin to engineer A 2 E. Purpose of that is to bring someone into our organization and make them into an engineer. You know, give them an eighteen month roadmap, a training plan. And then from there, you know, I mean, they can get into like a data science, it could be a network engineer, it could be, be a hyper or automated type person. And from there, they get the clearance, they get the skill set, then they also get, you know, embedded into what IW's culture. And that's one of the things that I'm looking to work with, you know, several different universities to include, you know, probably the first one's going to be WGU is the, to how do we take an intern in from, you know, people going to different programs, especially in IT, bring them in, and then get that talent go working with us for you know, a year to two so then they can hit that ground running where we need to support that customer, especially when you have to be agile. Today, we have a conflict going on with someone that, that is not necessarily doing things in the best interest to the United States. And then, you know, it could be you no know, X person. Then next thing you know, it could be Y. And to be agile and to the IT services required for our folks to stay alive is, is very important. Gotcha. No, that, that's really, really good information. And something you said about, you know, bringing in WGU uh, people as interns. I, I'm curious, as an employer, wh why would you hire a WGU grad? What, what specifically stands out to you about a WGU grad? One of the things that stands out is, you know, you have to be a very good self-starter when you go into WGU, right? You have to be committed to it. Most people that, that attend WGU are working folks. Um, so knowing that you're usually going to school as well as you're working, you no know, a full-time job or, and then able to complete that, you know, is usually the type of person that does well in, in our company, right? Gotcha. And so we have a lot of WGU, either grads and or uh, folks attending inside of our company. So it's, it's awesome seeing resumes come over and I'll be like, oh, WGU. I'm like, I right, I went to WGU too. <laughs> uh, Marcus, I love to hear that. That's really cool. And, and we appreciate your support. We'd love to, you know, offline have a further conversation on, on, you know, how we can support, how we can, you know, make sure that we connect you with, with people that, that align well with your business objectives and your goals and kind of have that, uh, that career makeup to be successful. So that's really cool. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. WGU is um, just awesome, right? I mean, like I said, I have, uh, you started, said it earlier, I had my, my, my brother, I had my mother, I had 
no other no friends no all have no and there's been a lot that have either pushed towards wgu or have made sure that they stayed and followed through on no completing their wgu uh education well we again appreciate that support as well and i i kind of wanted to ask you along those lines uh, about your experience at wgu and what you saw early on because as i mentioned you completed two degrees at wgu uh, but that was quite a while ago, right? Marcus, you're a trendsetter. What, what year did you uh, enroll at WGU? Uh, I enrolled in WGU in 2004. I went to many different schools. I mean, I have credits at, you know, from University of Alabama, University of Florida, University of Phoenix, um, <laughs> University of Maryland, or Europe, or somebody's called. I've had many different, you know, I had credits. And then I finally was found to a school in, in Jacksonville, Florida, that had this articulation with WGU. So I transferred my credits to them, finished my associates with them. And then from there, I was able to then start at WGU as what would be considered a junior. Um, and that reason I went there with this, that articulation, because I started seeing this, you know, reading about WGU. And I was like, hey, I think this is something that I can actually finish relatively quickly and learn. So that's what I did. And once I started it, you know, getting my mentor, talking to and understanding, I was like full speed ahead. I can make this happen. And I was just getting out the military. Uh, I got out of the military in 2003. And then I started WGU 2004. I love that, Marcus. And again, you, you were kind of ahead of the times because back then, I don't know how many students we had in 2004, but not a ton, and 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 right now we have about a hundred and approaching one hundred and thirty thousand students currently enrolled at WGU with with two hundred and and twenty thousand graduates. You're one of those. Your mom, your your family, friends, others. Um, so again, kudos to you for kind of finding something ahead of the game a little bit there. And then again, appreciate all the support in helping other people advance their careers and and do what they need to do to get a degree. Yes, I, I can tell you. So one of the things that when I first was going to WGU, right, and to your point, I'm telling people, like, hey, I'm going to this, you know, where are you going to school at? I'm going, I'm going to Western Governors University. They're like, who? What? Right. <laughs> and um, I remember I was, a, I was thinking about moving from contract to actually be a, a government employee. I was submitting, you know, my resumes and all this time. And I was, you had to put in your school and I was trying to find my school to sit there and, and check that box. And I had to go other and then type it in. Fast <laughs> forward today, and I know for a fact that you go to that same government job site, WGU is listed in there. Oh, I <laughs> so, love it. So I'm like, um, yes! <laughs> Mar Marcus, you put us on the map, buddy. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Well, I want to I want to switch gears for just a second. This has been a great conversation. And again, I I could talk to you all day long. We might have to have you back for another episode. Good good stuff here. But switching gears, it's February and it's Black History Month. And uh, as we celebrate, I wanted to ask you, who is someone that you look up to and why? Uh, that's easy. My mother. Um, and Tell us a little just, bit about just yeah, almost. You know, it got me emotional just uh, with that that question. So I'm thinking about my, my mother, right? My mother, I mean, been through a lot, right? I got to see it firsthand as a kid and then um, and growing up. And, you know, and a lot of times, you know, parents and their kids, you wind up with getting rocky stage. And, you know, we went through that. Uh, but to see my mother 
push through life and and make me and my brothers the the men that we we are as a as a woman and one of the things is i don't, i don't want to sit there and, and and kind of box her in and say that no she's a no, the most awesomest, no, black woman. No, I'm going to say that she's the most awesomest person, period. Again, that's not boxing just a woman because what she did and in, in from you know, working multiple jobs <laughs> and then moving up the, the chain to be able to be where she at now. She, she works at the VA. She's um, uh, down there in Tuscaloosa. She went and always said that she was going to finish her degree. So she went to WGU for a bachelor's. She went to WGU for a master's. Um, she's going to get her PhD, going to a program now to do that. She, trust me, she wanted me to make sure that as I'm part of the, the WGU alumni board, you know, to sit there and like, hey, you want to get a PhD or program one day? Because people like her <laughs> would go through it, through it, right? But I love it. Um, she's, she's amazing. She's always in different programs, you know, supporting all types of stuff, man. I just, now I look up to her. I realize every day that how much I am like her. Right. And it's just awesome. And I look back at it and and I wouldn't be who I am without her. So I look up to her every second that I, I think about how joyful that my life is right now. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And please give her our best. She's she's one of our uh, alumnas. So we we're glad to have her in our ranks for sure. Awesome. I, I let her know for sure. <laughs> Excellent. And, uh, you know, keeping with Black History Month, I mean, you're in the D.C. area, correct? Yes. I assume that you've been to the African-American Museum there in Washington, D.C.? Yes. I have to tell you, I went to that, and that's a tough museum to get into uh, pre-COVID. I mean, it, it was a tough ticket to get. I tell you, I went to that, and I thought that was one of the most inspiring museums that I had ever been to. I love D.C. I love all the history there. Tell me a little bit about your experience going to the African-American Museum and what that meant for you. I've been there three times now, <laughs> right? I made sure... I've been there with all my daughters. It's uh, it is something to to go through, right? And it's you no, know, you, you get a lot of emotions uh -huh. you know, going through it, right? Starting from all the way to the bottom and working your way up. Uh, but I mean, it allows you to to appreciate the things that you no know, had to happen for you to be you know where you are now, right? And that's that's how I look at it. I mean, of course, you know you. You look at some of it and then you look at things happening in 2020 and you, know, you can see some of the things that's happening in the beginning of this year and you say, oh man, we still have a, a ways to go. But I fully in my heart believe that a few years from now, you know I mean, there's going to be a better world because a lot of things that are, are happening now, the conflict that's happening now probably just has to happen to, for us to just be better, you know. And we and we're not we're you no know, starting again. Starting from that bottom of the museum. Whoever goes to the museum, you know, the best thing to do is go start at the bottom, work your way up. Yep. And even though it's a lot of years that it took to get to here, you know, what I mean, there's there's a path to uh, for us to to all be you know seen as just humans. Yeah, Marcus, I love that, and I love the perspective. We we can get better, and and uh, I, I agree with you. Starting at the bottom was just you know slowly kind of working your way up was just it was really cool to see that and to experience that and to, and to see the history and the change and and again i appreciate your perspective because i i agree there's there's some difficult conversations that we've had and certainly in the past year last year has been uh, you know very eye opening and very telling but i'm happy that in a lot of ways i think our country is coming together i think we're having these conversations i think we're getting better i think we're getting stronger 
And uh, again, we're WG is happy to celebrate Black History Month because we feel it's that important. Ah, man, I, I'm glad to be you know, an alumni to a university that can say that out loud and actually mean it. So, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Well, Marcus, as I mentioned earlier, we could go on and on. I, I know you got to get back to work and we appreciate the time. So I want to give you the final word out the door here today, if that's OK. Any anything you'd like to leave us with before we wrap? I'm very thankful to have received this you know, an email and a call to, to be able to be on here today. Like I said, I can talk about, you no, know, I got a big smile on my face. You can see me now smiling hard, just thinking about my experiences with WGU. You know, you got to hear some stuff about me as a growing up and it's not the best way to grow up, but again, I'm still smiling now, right? And it is, you know, February is Black History Month. I am a Black man and I, I'm still smiling, right? Again, just thank you. And hopefully, you know, the folks that's listening, if you, if you don't go to WGU, start going to WGU. And what, one more thing, roll tide. <laughs> uh, Marcus, you're great. You're the best. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the time. Let's, let's do this again, all right? Yes, I hope so. <laughs> awesome. Well, take care. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to the WGU Alumni Podcast. To learn more about WGU alumni and commencement, visit wgu.edu slash alumni. To learn more about anything you heard on this episode or to hear past episodes, visit wgu.edu slash podcast. This podcast was produced by the WGU Alumni Relations Department. Special thanks to producer Bethany Tucker from the WGU Production Studio. And thank you to our WGU Alumni Network, now more than 200,000 strong and growing.